two weeks ago, I had the distinct pleasure of meeting someone new. And that someone new is back here again this week, and he's going to come and share with us this morning. Some of you may know him, some may not, but you're about to get to know him, because I trust he's going to introduce himself. I do know his name, Michael Gordon, a friend of Grace Walk, and a friend of ours now too. Michael, come on up. Thank you. God bless you right here, brother. Appreciate you. Am I on? I'm on. Amen. Hallelujah. Whoa. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm not used to these things. I've heard about preachers that have been hung by this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> Where is the lady in here who has been married for 50 years? The same. There she is over there. She was married 50 years, and she was married on the same date as Mabel and I. And Mabel and I just celebrated 50 years. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, hallelujah. I'm going to bring this down here for me. Although, you know, that's not, I met a couple out there in the, out there in the coffee thing, and, uh, and they were married for a long, 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 long time, and he was calling her sweetie and honey and sweetie pie, and, and I said to him, how come you call her, how long have you been married? He's 60 some odd years ago. I said, how come you still call her Sweetie Pie? He said, well, I forgot her name a little while ago, and I'm afraid to mention it to her. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Well, it's a joy for my wife and I to be with you today. Uh, we've known Mike, he, he says, a couple of months. <laughs> it's been actually over a year. And uh, so we get together, we have breakfast, and we share the Lord, and we just love Jesus together. And and uh, we've been here a few times, and I recognize some of you, and we're just grateful to be here this morning. I'm going to share some stuff with you this morning that uh, uh, kind of changed the way I think about certain scriptures. I don't know if you have had that ever happen to you. This is, a, this is an electronic Bible. And I was saying to someone this morning, when the battery goes, I go. Uh, we were at a place last week, and I was sharing, and it went blank. You know, so I didn't know what to do. Thank God it came back again. But, uh, but I want to share some things with you and uh, uh, just give you an idea of where we have come from. Mabel and I have been Christians since 1972. I was 15 or 16. Mabel was 18, 19. Oh, no, no, no. I'm older than her. <laughs> and uh, 1972, and... Um, you know, we, we were in a church in Guelph for about, oh, 35, 36 years, and God called us into the ministry. So we travel pretty well every weekend. We're somewhere sharing some of the things that God has done in our lives. And my brother, he is a pastor of a church in Guelph. Some people ask, why don't you go to your brother's church? And I just tell them instead of going into everything that he won't let me take the offering. So... <laughs> Yeah, I know, it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just trying to break the ice with you guys. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about uh, the scripture in John 10.10 10 that says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, meaning Jesus, that you might have life and have it more abundant. How do I know that scripture? Well, that scripture starts actually in John chapter 9. And um, for most of my Christian experience, I have always felt that the thief was referring to the devil. Anybody with me on that? Yeah, it is not. It is not. 
And to get the full meaning of that, and it, it kind of shook me up a little bit when I read it because it changed a lot of meanings for me. And so to go back to chapter 9, we read the story of how Jesus had just healed a blind man. And as a result of that healing, the blind man was asked to leave the synagogue. He was actually kicked out of the synagogue because the, the essence of that story was that Jesus uh, told him that he was the son of God and the man gave his allegiance to Jesus rather than to the religious system of the Jewish uh, Pharisees at that time. They were really upset at him. And uh, reading from uh, just about uh, the end of chapter 9 going into chapter 10, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when they found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believed, and he worshipped him. And Jesus says, for judgment I have come into this world, but those who do not see may see, so that those that do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, are we blind also? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say we see Therefore, your sin remains. And then Jesus said to them again, I guess because they didn't understand what he was talking about, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will come, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. John 10.10, 10, this is the, the scripture I want you to remember. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It became clear to me that Jesus was not talking about the devil who was going to come to kill, to steal, and destroy. He was talking about a religious system that keep, that keep people prisoner. And I want to just touch on some things this morning, on the fact that what happened to myself and my wife as in 1972 we became Christians, loved the Lord, went on with, never heard about being born again before, never heard that term, never went to, we were bona fide heathens. You know, what's said here stays here, is that right? Good. We were bona fide heathens and uh, we didn't go to church, we didn't go to, I didn't go to Sunday school, come from a large family, I got five sisters <laughs> and uh, one brother. <laughs> I'm the second oldest. I, I like to say that I'm the second smartest, but it didn't go over with my sister, so I'm the second oldest. And um, when God began to move in our family, everybody got saved. Mabel and I were first. We just couldn't keep it to ourselves. What a joy to, to realize that there were, this God loved us and wanted to give us new life. 
But pretty soon, after we'd been there for a few years, we realized that uh, something was happening to us. We, we, we were going to church not because we, we loved to be there. We did. But we knew that if we didn't go, we'd get a phone call. I can remember one Sunday morning, I said to Mabel, I think you said it to me, Mabel. Let's stay home today. <laughs> and uh, so we stayed home. You know, that afternoon, we got a phone call. Oh, we missed you this morning, you know. And it, right away, it puts something on you that you have to do it. There, there, there's a certain way to please the Lord. And, and, and if you don't do that, you're missing out. See? And so we began to, we began to understand that, that there were certain things that were expected of us, not by God, but about, by the system, the wrong system. You know, folks, I don't want to put any church down. I believe people give us what they have to give. But the buck always comes back to us. And we have to take responsibility for what we do, what we say. Isn't that true? And so we, we, we realized that we were doing things not because we love God, of course we loved him. We were being used by him. We loved him, making all kinds of new friends. But we were doing things because we knew that that system expected it from us. The Bible says that, that the thief, which is that wrong religious system, comes to steal. And we found that it began to steal our identity away from us. It reminded us of us of who we used to be. The emphasis in my life was how bad I was, how I always disappointed God. That didn't come from God. That came from that religious wrong system. And it began to steal away the fact of, of my relationship with God. See, the sheep pen that Jesus was talking about here is a relationship that you and I can have with him intimately. That's the sheep pen. And so many tell us, this is the way to get it. If you want to know God more, do it this way, do it this way. We were doing all kinds of spiritual calisthenics and push-ups, you know. We, we, we would go to church on on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Sunday night, we, we were, we were diff with different people from the church. Uh, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. We had wonderful friends, we, we, and we still have those friends. But we became aware of the fact that our motive was more to please people than it was to please God. And it stole away the idea that we were children of the living God. And that he wanted us to enjoy him. Did you know that God wants you to enjoy him? And, and that's the epitome of why you are born again, why you're saved, why you're here today. God wants us to know that you can know him the same way that he knows you. The Bible tells us that he knows every hair on our head. That means that he knows you better than he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had all the hair I used to have. But you get the point. It, it is in God's heart. It, the, 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 the very... <laughs> I see you got no hair. You want to preach? 
It is in God's heart that you and I would realize that he has made a way for you and I to know him to the utmost. And you and I will never come to a point where we will know him and there is no more. There is always more, always more of a relationship. God will speak to us more and more and more and more. The Bible says that we are so close to him that we are one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6. That's quite something. Just think about that for a moment. You are so close to him that you are one spirit with him. Here's the problem. We see things from our viewpoint. God wants us to see things from his vantage point. He wants you and I to understand things from his perspective. We've been taught to do it from our perspective. And it steals away who you really are. Isn't that terrible? It says that he comes to steal and to kill. It kills any idea that it is only through Jesus that we can have life and have it more abundantly. The wrong religious system, when you follow that system, will suck the life right out of you. I've had pastors say to me, if you look after God's thing, he'll look after you. Sounds great, doesn't it? But it's not biblical. God will look after you no matter what. God wants you to know that, hey, I'm in charge. I can do it. There is absolutely nothing impossible to me. Quit, quit trying. A friend of mine told me one time, if you try, you lie. <laughs> God wants us to know that we are part of his family. We are his children. He does not want us to be frustrated with our relationship with him. He wants us to enjoy him, to love him. He wants us to really enjoy the ride. Amen. I, I'm just learning this, folks. Really. This revelation of grace did not come to me except for 10 years ago. I, I knew something happened at Calvary that I wasn't seeing. I bought every book I could find on the cross. And then one day God showed me what it was. You probably already know. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. Do you know that God is not angry at you? That was a big deal with me. That was a big deal with me. It says he comes to kill and to destroy. When you follow the system rather than Jesus, it will destroy any chance of you enjoying pasture, green pasture. The, 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 the scripture that we just read says going in and out, God wants us to experience life from him wherever we are, whatever we're doing, going in and out. It tells you, you don't deserve that freedom. You should keep the law because you know where you came from. You know what your family was like, and you know what you did. 
See? And it destroys any chance that you might have to enjoy what Jesus has accomplished for you and me at the cross of Calvary. Every time I think of Calvary now, I think of Jesus walking towards the cross, kicking out of the way anything that stood in his way, all the shame, anything that would stop you and I from taking advantage of what he overpaid for you and me at the cross of Calvary. You know that everything that you had coming, Jesus got. And everything Jesus had coming, you got. Do you realize that, as I recently have, that when God looks at me, he sees me exactly as he sees Jesus? I, I had a tough time believing that I was righteous. I remember coming home from Toronto one time, and I said to God, I, I just want to be righteous. And this thought come to me, well, you are. And I just passed it off until I, I read in Romans where it says that he has given to us abundant grace. That's abundant, abundant grace and the gift of righteousness. It was a gift. It was a gift. You know, there is no difference in my righteousness and the righteousness of Jesus. Everything that we have is through Jesus. And I can have the life that he made available to you and to me, and I can live it here and now. I don't have to wait to the future. I don't have to earn it. He's already done that. And he said, Mike, it's free. T take as much as you want. He says, I've set a table before you in the very presence of all of your enemies. Come and have some love. And I come and taste a little bit of love. Oh, he says, down here, there's some joy. Come and have joy. You know, we had just in, in our family just this past week, what a ride this life is. I'm telling you, my daughter, uh, her in-laws, um, they both just died this past weekend, the mother and the father. He was 92. She was 89 or 90. And they had both been sick for a long time. So they wanted to die together in their home. Friday, he died. Saturday, she died. Amazing, amazing. Loved the Lord all of their lives. So we went down last week, and they were both alive. And I said to them, you know what God is going to say to you when you first see him? He's going to say, I had a blast living in your body. That's our God. That's his attitude. You know, the Bible, you, we, we get this attitude that God is angry at us, mad at us, and he's got this little baseball bat behind his throne, and he's ready to whack you as soon as you've done something wrong. I've always had the thought that if something happened to me after I was saved, in God's heart, he would say to himself, I knew he was like that, and I knew he'd do that. I knew he'd fall. See, that's condemnation. That's condemnation. But that's how we grow up. That's what we learn. In many cases, that wrong system tells us that that's the way it is. But the Bible tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. See, now what do we believe? What do we do with these scriptures? It's a matter of believing. That's all. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to, to make yourself ready for it. It's a matter of changing your mind. 
like that. That's all. And when I did that, such freedom. I found myself in the sheep pen. Yes. See, that sheep pen is that place in God where you and I can have a relationship with him that pleases him and pleases you. It's a place that's filled with joy. Some people call it the kingdom of God. Do you know that God took you by the scruff of the neck when you were first asked him to be your savior? He took you from this present world into the kingdom of God. Did you know that? That's where you are as far as he's concerned. And so we need to see things like he sees them. And in that place, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Anything that you read in the Bible, he's already experienced. And, and, and just, just for your information, when you get to heaven, you're not going to take your Bible with you. You're going to be with the living word. Isn't that wonderful? So all those things that you read in the Bible are for now. Joy, peace. With so many things in the world going on. You know, I, I very rarely see the news or read the newspaper anymore. I said to Mabel and I were talking the other day, because we talk. <laughs> and we were talking about that there is nothing good on the news. We don't find anything good. We're, we're hearing wonderful stories of, of uh, people in Iran and Iraq who are coming to the Lord because their system is not working and they're being baptized. And We're hearing about home group meetings. I can't call them home group meetings, but they're little meetings and they meet in cars, you know. Yeah, because it's against the law there. And so what they do is they drive around and they worship the Lord in the car. I think it's wonderful. But you never hear that. All you hear is about this thing and that thing. But folks, God's on the move. God's on the move. He wants to change us from glory to glory. He wants us to know that he's on our side. He's behind you. He's in front of you. He's on each side of you. I said that to Mike Zanker. Do you know Mike? Nice guy. Nice guy. I said it to him the other day, and he said, yeah, and he's in me too. <laughs> yes. God is for us. He is so much in love with us. The Bible says in uh, Zephaniah 3, I think it's 17, he says it joys over us with love. That means that all of those great cloud of witnesses, all those that have gone on before us, God walks among them and he says, oh, have you seen what I've done in his heart? Oh, have, look at her. Look how she has come through. That is what I'm so proud of her. That's what our God is like. And then it says, he joys over us with singing. That means every time he thinks of you individually, he breaks into song. He cannot help himself. God is so satisfied with you that it would, it, would, it would just surprise you. <laughs> and that's what he wants to get across to us today, is that God loves us with an everlasting love, with a love that cannot be in any way moved. He's decided that. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't want to cough because I got this thing on here, so I've been holding this cough in here. <laughs> that's our God. That's our God. God loves us much more than we can ever think. I'm asking God lately, God, give me words so I can, I can describe your love. And he says, I, I, go ahead, say what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. God wants to show you today 
<coughs> pardon me, he wants to show each of us individually today, you know, you're special to me. I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. All of those things that you have in your heart sometimes that you think that I'm disappointed in you, I'm not disappointed at all. I think you're terrific. That's God. That's biblical. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to do some things. I don't know whether you, you, uh, you're probably used to it, but God has uh, in, given me some kind, sometimes he'll speak to me about some people and here and there, and can I talk to you for a moment? <laughs> you look so surprised. <laughs> Somebody give me a camera. <laughs> could, could we stand up? Because if you, this is this is eyeball to eyeball ministry. If I was to fall, the church would be talking for years. Okay, I might. I might. I might. Elizabeth, pleased to meet you. How are? Have you known the Lord for a long time? Have you? Yes. Do you want to whisper it in my ear? No. Oh, you know that's really the way it should be, shouldn't I? You remember? Amen. Yeah. Amen. But, you know, God seems to just say something to me. Is it okay if I share it with you? Okay. You know, <clears throat> as you were growing up, when you were not much more than five, I see you in a place, you're sitting outside somewhere on a kind of like a chair type of a thing, and you are taken up with something that God has put in your heart, something beautiful, something about your future, and it has never left you. There is an awareness in you of God's glory that has been with you all of your life, right? Yeah. You knew that God put it in there. It was not you. But there were people along the way who thought differently. Is that true? Has there been people along the way who thought that it was you who had all those thoughts rather than God putting it there? Yeah. Go like this. Everybody's watching. <laughs> Yeah, God wants you to know this. You tell her that I am so happy with her. You tell her that she is absolutely wonderful. And he's so proud of you that all through your life, some of the horrific things that you've experienced in your life, you went through faith in God, trust in him. And he knows it. Yeah. He brought you through. Amen. Amen. And your relationship with him today is even stronger than when you were five years old. True? Yeah, yeah. And you know what I'm saying is true. I don't know all the things that happened in your life, but it hasn't always been easy for you. No, it hasn't. But you've always trusted him. And God just wants you to know today, I know it all. I know it. I got it all marked down. Yeah. Can I, can I pray for you? I can put my hand on your head. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for Elizabeth. Bless her, Lord. I thank you for her. Her faith, her trust in you is going to come out. And that, 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 that special place, that special, because you think you're special. True? We're, we're being honest, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. That was God. That wasn't you. And so you don't share that a lot, do you? But you know that there is a calling in your life that someday something wonderful is going to happen. And you desire that. True? Yeah. I like you. She goes like this, whether you say yes or no anyway. <laughs>
And, and God wants you to know that he's about to open a door and reveal himself a little more to you. That is the desire of your heart. If I were to say to you that, that your, your, your desire, your, your thing, is that you want to see God, you want to see what he's going to do. It's wonderful that you have this relationship, but you want to see him, right? And you want to see him move. When you get to Mexico, someone's going to come to you. I don't know if it's going to be a child or a person or what, but you are going to lay your hand on that person and something wonderful is going to take place because Jesus lives in you and greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. If you will believe it, God will do it. And when you get there, the thought of this meeting will come back to you. And you will remember that I told you God wants you to do something so that he can show how spectacular he is. Is that okay? Okay. Can I pray for you? And put my hands on your head? The reason I asked if I can put my hands on, I was at a, a uh, they asked me to go to this, this, uh, this hospital way down by Windsor one time because this lady was dying and they had her on all of this equipment. And the nurse came in and told the husband, would you like to cut her hair and have a little bit of hair? You know, and uh, he said, yes. I said to him, you know, if God does something supernatural and heals her, she's going to be real upset at you. I said, he said, why? I said, you cut her hair. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to put my hands on your head, Sarah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Sarah. Lord, this calling, this, this desire, Father, for supernatural things to take place in her life. Do it, Lord, I pray. And Father, thank you for her. Thank you for her spirit. Thank you for all that you're doing in her life. And I pray in Jesus' name. God bless you, Sarah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? God is absolutely, he can do anything. He can do anything. Can I speak to you for a second? <laughs> you and I have something in common. We don't have much hair. <laughs> How about coming out here? I hope you don't mind this. I'm Mike. Terry. Terry. I've seen you before, but I don't think we've met, have we? No. No, no. Have you known the Lord for a long time, Terry? Yep. Have you? Yep. How, long, how long would you say? Uh, 30. Wow, you don't look more than 30. 25 years. 25. Ah, 30, I see, I see. Years. Yeah. Um, I, I just have this, this feeling uh, uh, that I could say something to you. Is that okay with you? Sure. Good, good. Also, you also, Terry, you said? No. Terry, you also have had a deep desire in your heart to be used by God. There, there are thoughts that have run through your mind that, that uh, the ordinary person doesn't think. Good thoughts, thoughts, the things that you think you, you would like to do uh, in the name of the Lord. Is that true? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, you have had this thought in your life that you were born for something better than this when you were younger. <laughs> Go like this. <laughs> and God wants you to know that that desire that that created was him. And that he has been at work in your life so much drawing you and bringing you. And he's absolutely beside himself with joy over you. Individually. And he wants you to know that when you think of the cross of Calvary, think that you were the only one he died for. And some of the things that you wish in your heart, God will reveal to you. There is a, there is a, um, 
a revelation that God wants to bring to you about himself, about how great, how much he loves you in particular and what you mean to him and that you're exactly what he designed you to be. He's not disappointed in you in any way, shape, or form. I don't know why I'm saying this. You might have had those thoughts along the way. But God wants you to know that you're exactly where he wants you to be and that you are always in his hand, even some of the tough times that you've gone through. And uh, even to say that you may be going through something at this particular moment, God says, I'm right in charge. Is that okay? Good. Can I pray for you? Good. Okay. Because uh, you're taller than me, I can't get up and touch your head here. I go from my shoulder. <laughs> Father, I thank you for my brother. Thank you for his love for you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will undertake for him. You know, I believe there is a platform being made for you right now to express yourself in ways that you never have before. God's going to open a door someplace, and you're going to be able to say, hey, it's all in Jesus. And that's a desire that you've had in your heart. Is that true as well? Yeah. Father, open the way. Make a way. Open the door, Lord Jesus. What a powerhouse you are making here, Father, in the name of Jesus. God bless you, my brother. It's been a real joy meeting you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I was told by Mike, if I'm not through at 1130, there's going to be real trouble. <laughs> And so, Mabel and I would like to thank you for inviting us. Thank you for having us. We love you. And uh, I just believe that God is going to do absolutely wonderful things in each one of your lives. I believe that there is a a time coming, probably this year, where you're going to see Grace Walk become more and more influential in people's lives. And I'm so grateful for the people that have put their life on the line, Mike Zanker included, where they say things that are not normal, Christianity, but their life, their life. And so I told uh, Brother Steve when he was here, I was aware of the fact of uh, what he was sharing has already cost him. And he didn't say anything to me, uh, but... Um, so I'm grateful for these people who have gone on ahead. I remember my mother, she's gone to be with the Lord now, and she was struggling one day uh, after she had received the Lord as her Savior. And God gave her a vision. Anybody ever had a vision? Oh, God, give them visions. Give them visions. <laughs> she had this vision. And the vision was that she was climbing up a mountain, and oh, it was all, it was just a little pathway, and, and uh, she was on her knees and trying to get to the top. Of, clothes was ripped, and her knees were bleeding, and, and uh, there were some people with her, and, and, and they were forging the way. And the Spirit of God said to her, look behind you. And she looked behind her. There was this beautiful highway, beautiful highway. And I feel that's what people like Brother Steve McVeigh and some of these brothers that are involved with Chris have done for us. And so I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for Hope Fellowship. I tell all my friends about you and uh, what God is doing here. And so thank you so much for having us. We love you. Amen. Thank you, Michael. That was different than what we are accustomed to here, wouldn't you say? Not bad, different. 
And thank you. Thank, thank you, you for saying that. <laughs> Sometimes, as Christians, we find ourselves, well, we might put ourselves there or we might just kind of settle into what's comfortable, what's normal to us. And when we see something that is outside our box of normalcy, it's like, what's up? It's good to be open. It's good to be challenged. And it's good to see God at work.